Howdy and welcome to the Confidence Through Health podcast. I'm Jerry Snyder. As an elite level athlete, owner of All In Health and Wellness, and author of the book Confidence Through Health, my goal is to help you achieve your goals and dreams using health as the conduit to get there. I want to take a quick moment to thank our sponsor for this episode, American Sports and Fitness Association. If you are looking for a certification as personal trainer or a group fitness instructor, uh, anything in the sports and fitness world, water aerobics, running, health coach even, anything in that area, you can find the certification at the American Sports and Fitness Association. You can also find textbooks and manuals to be able to help you study up to become certified in any of those areas. If you go to confidencethroughhealth.com or you can look at the link in the show notes, you'll find the link for the American Sports and Fitness Association and it will take you there and you can find the certification that will take you to the career that will change your life. Welcome to episode 154 of the Confidence Through Health podcast. I interview Madison Elkins. Maddie is a health coach, nutrition counselor. Uh, she is a health person, health expert, and um, she's a new mom. Uh, I say new, 18-month-old twins. So she is, and we talk about the the struggles and learning of how to care for yourself as a new mom. So for all those moms out there uh, that are struggling with that, that are struggling with how do you balance life, um, she offers some great tips and practical tips because she's living them. But she also works with athletes. She also works with people who are just simply trying to improve their health, um, not necessarily in an athletic endeavor. And we talk about just tips and, and things to do in ways that you can approach life in, in practical ways of managing um, your life, your health, your nutrition, your exercise, all of these things. Um, it's it's a it's a great episode full of tips and ways. And, and, and I say they're practical because they're not, while they're science-based, because she's got a science background, they're reality-based because it's, it's the real world. And so she's, she's practical in her advice, um, but also realistic in looking at, okay, we, we have to do certain things because that's the way our body works and it's the way our body is fueled. And um, so I thought it was chock full of great information and tips um, so I think you're going to enjoy it. And in the show notes, we talk about, or at the end, and in, in, we'll be located in the show notes. We talk about her uh, new business that she's launching um, to be able to help people. And I say new, but also old. But, uh, you know, when you have uh, twins that are 18 months old, things sort of pause in life. Because as I've heard from many people who have twins, the first two years are such a blur in life and you're just trying to survive. And, um, and she's surviving and thriving in her health world. And so that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have her on is to talk about how she could, how she can, how she does it and how others can do it um, and learn from uh, tips from somebody who's going through life when life seems like it's so difficult and the last thing on your mind is your own personal health. So we talk about that. We talk about how she can, how she's doing it and how you can do it as well. So thank you, Madison, for being a guest on the Confidence Through Health podcast. I am excited to be here. So, you know, like like we were just talking before we recorded, um, you know, we we connected on Facebook. We haven't really met in person, um, but I know that you, with your background from uh, from a schooling standpoint, but also what you're trying to do to help people with their health in 
both from an adult standpoint, but also with kids, like health is an extremely important piece of your life, right? Absolutely. I played sports through my freshman year of college. And then once I graduated, I wanted to compete in some way. And at the time running seemed best. I got a stress fracture in my foot when I was training for my first marathon. So I decided to cross train on the bike and I fell in love with cycling. And from there on triathlon was my, my sport of preference. And here we are about five years later and I'm training for my first Ironman currently. Oh, awesome. So you can do the one here in Waco. No, they're actually not going to have the full this year. They're going to, they're going to keep the half, but they've decided to, to not bring back the full right now. So I do think I'm going to do something in the fall. Okay. Uh, so I have the, the summer months to, to train on the bike. It is not a good time to do an, an 80 mile ride when it's, you know, 30 degrees outside or right. on your trainer for three hours. So, <laughs> so I think the summer is the best time to, to train for those long rides. So I'll right. probably do a race this fall. Okay. Um, but you know, and it, and, and it's more than exercise, but it's because it, I, I know I follow you and you're like, you talk, you talk about nutrition and about people should eat and, and it's, it's the whole picture. Right. And, um, and for you, is it, it like, just for, for a brief moment to talk about like your own training, your own focus, it's you, you're planning that, right. It's not just like taking it day by day and like, Oh, Hey, whatever happens, whatever I feel like, like you've got a plan that you're following that is helping you get where you need to be because an Ironman is not just an easy thing. You just decide to do tomorrow and you, you know, the next week you do it. Right. I think the biggest thing is understanding that food is fuel and it has a purpose and there is no quote unquote good or bad food, but all food serves a purpose. So all calories come from your three macronutrients, carbs, proteins, fats, and each of them has a role. And so just finding whatever your goal may be, whether it's training for strength or size or muscular endurance, understanding which of those your body needs most of and right. how to get those through your diet. Right. And it, a lot of that comes to like, what your starting point is too, right? Like, absolutely. Absolutely. Everybody's starting points different. And so like, you, you could be on the same starting day as somebody else, a training program wise, but what you need nutritionally could be completely different. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And so a lot of times it's like, don't necessarily always follow what your friend is doing without researching it. first. Oh. Yes. And every body is, is different and does better with different uh, nutritional approaches. So uh, that's why I would say like, there's no, one right or wrong way to approach nutrition is what works best for, for your body. Um, you know, I am not a big fan of eliminating anything. So where it says like, no, no sugar, no carbohydrates, no fat, whatever, um, those approaches may be, I'm not a big fan of those because they do all serve a purpose, but I do understand that, you know, person A and person B, their bodies just react differently to different foods. So, I think you have to figure out what makes you feel the best and what allows you to perform the best. And that's a big piece of it, right? Is the performance because in a lot of people, even if you're not an athlete, like just thinking of it from standpoint of performing at work or, you know, around, you know, for your family or, you know, it's not just not necessarily the performance that that most people think when they hear performance, they think, Oh, well, but I'm not an athlete. I'm not going to try and go run a race or, 
playing a game or whatever. It's like, oh, so, so I don't need to work, but your body is still performing. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I mean, you have to get through your eight to 12 hour workday. Right. You want to play with your kids. You want to get up and down off of the floor or stand on your feet for 12 hours or whatever it may be. You've got to perform in some capacity. Right. Um, and so mentioning kids, <laughs> you know, as, as a, a, a mom of twins, <laughs> um, you know, and it's one of the things I want to talk about as far as like talking to the moms out there that are, you know, like struggling with, okay, my, my kids are young. They're, mm-hmm. they're, you know, for the most part dependent on me. And so mm-hmm. it's like, okay, how do I, how do I work in care for myself while also being basically 24 seven care for somebody else? Right. I think that's huge. I would say from the get-go, I made sure that exercise was a part of my day. And it looked very different when I was four weeks postpartum than it does Mm -hmm. now that I'm 18. My twins are 18 months old. Um, And sometimes it was, you know, a a 20-minute walk while I pushed them in the stroller. Sometimes it was while they napped, I did an exercise video on TV. That I mean, it doesn't have to be a big, elaborate hour and a half long process it's just moving your body and doing something that fills your cup and another thing i would say is exercise is really fun if you enjoy what you're doing but i think a lot of times i see people pick things that they think are good for them um and then they hate them because they don't enjoy it but if you don't like, like if you don't like to run don't run. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you don't like to lift weights, I mean, I think having some sort of external load is very beneficial, but you don't have to be a, a power lifter. Right. So I think find what you enjoy. If you like to, you know, I have a quite a few uh, clients that I've worked with that really don't like to run, but they understand a need for some cardiovascular component. So they um, are members at spin studios, you know, and they love oh, to get yeah. on the bike and they spin for an hour and they go home and that is great. So I think a big thing is as a mom, you are giving and giving and giving and giving and giving and you probably love it. Right. Like, I mean, the kids are the biggest blessing, but also the hardest work. And so finding 20 to 30 minutes a day, just to, to fill your cup and whether that be, you know, having your husband watch the kids, if that is something that is available to you, if not, you know, taking the time to spend 10, 12, $15, pay the, you know, high school girl that lives down the street just to stay in the next room. Like they can even, you need to be home, you know, but Hey, can you watch the kids in the nursery while I go to my office and, and work out for 30 minutes. And, you know, I think for me, uh, that's worth every penny just to have something to fill my cup so that I can continue to be the best mom for my kids. Right. Well, and as, as somebody, my kids are 11 and 13, so I'm, I'm past a lot of that, like truly dependent stage, but, but I know when I was back in that stage and it was like, sometimes you, you, it's not so much about the exercise as it is about the the time away from that responsibility. Right. And so it's like, it's the exercise. Yes. is a stress reliever, but sometimes just getting yourself away for 30 minutes is enough stress reliever. And so it may not be. The, the plan may be, okay, I'm going to get away and I'm going to do, you know, 30 minutes of cardio or go lift for 30 minutes, but it might turn out to be just, I'm just going to sit for 30 minutes. Like yeah. I really don't, now that I'm away, I really don't feel like doing anything. I'm just going to sit here 
And so sometimes it's like, but, but that's also really good for your health to have those just moments of just nothing. And just like, whether you're meditating or what, you know, anything else, but just, just that calm. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I, yeah, I even got into yoga. I had never really mm. done it before. And I got into it while I was pregnant with the twins because I couldn't do any high impact. Right. Uh, I, so I had twins. I got pretty big, pretty fast. <laughs> and so running was quickly not an option. Um, yeah. And so I got into yoga and I, un- I began to understand, I did some research while I was doing it of the, the benefits of it, not just physically, but mentally as well. Mm-hmm. And just the, the benefit of being in a meditative state for a while and the, the importance of the breath and right. how you breathe. Right. And I mean, it, there's, it's so complex. So um, I would absolutely agree. I think taking time, you know, and, and filling your cup and whatever that may be. Um, I do think the release of endorphins is a big factor in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I do think, yeah, if you, if you just need to, to take a nap, take a, take a nap as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so tell me a little bit so that the endorphins are released, right? Like, so why is that something that we're like, that we're looking for? Um, you know, on a regular basis. Yeah. I think a lot of times you'll hear people say the first thing I noticed when I started working out was how I felt mm-hmm. before I saw any results on the scale or in my clothes or whatever, I felt better. And just the natural chemical release of endorphins when you move your body, when you elevate your heart rate and you move your body uh, is, I mean, is cannot be beat. So right. I've had, clients now again and every situation is different so not a medical professional this but i've had clients be able to eliminate different medications that they were on because right. of right. moving their bodies um mm-hmm. so uh, they weren't previously sedentary and then when they began to work out on a regular basis you know it was brand new to them and they didn't realize how much it really impacted their day-to-day right both physically right. and mentally yeah and and like we, like we said that that mental stress piece of it is huge, not just for, for new parents, but for anybody to be able to deal with just the busyness of the, what we've got going on in our lives nowadays. Absolutely. So, and I, would, and I think I would sorry. even continue and say like, it doesn't need to be crazy intense. Yeah. When I was in college, I would go sit on the recumbent bike while I studied for like the day before a test or the morning of a test just to kind of activate my central nervous system, mm-hmm. move my body a little bit. I didn't even really sweat, you know, but yeah. you just, you're moving your body and it allowed me, I maybe just to take my mind off of the same sentence I had been reading for, you know, the past week or whatever, but just the release of endorphins, the uh, activation of the central nervous system was huge. And it allowed me to, to test better. I, I, right. I tested much better when I was active in the, you know, six to 12 hours before I took the test. Well, and I've seen studies that have reported that, that like, if it's not obviously in an extreme load on your, you know, an intense workout, that's not going to be the same, but if you're just, just active, whether it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're listening to an audio book while you walk. Um, or like you said, you're on a spin bike while you're studying or reading or something. Um, did you actually absorb more because your body's, you know, more than just sitting there, you know, cause right. 
And, and I think a lot of us will probably experience this too, is that like a lot of times when you just sit there, your mind starts to wander at other things, even though you know you're supposed to be focused on something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that makes total sense that, that like, you know, and, and I think that's something that combined with good sleep, you know, is, absolutely. is how you remember things. Yes. Good sleep came a lot easier 18 months ago, but yeah. <laughs> we, we get it when we can now. <laughs> right. Um, but so I know another thing that you do is, um, you work with, uh, with, a with a school and their athletes, um, do. and, and so helping them understand not just how to get stronger, but how to be again, like performance piece of it, like, cause there's so much more to the performance piece as an athlete than just lifting a weight or, um, you know, doing your drills, whether it's basketball or soccer or whatever the sport is. There's more to improving than just that, right? Oh, absolutely. So I am the strength and conditioning coach at a private school here in town. And um, my main focus is to teach them different movement patterns, how Mm -hmm. to move their body well. How do we move it linearly, laterally? How do we become strong and powerful? And just my goal is really to teach them to love to move their body. Right. In some capacity. Right. And I tell them on the very first day, there are going to be days in here that you hate. You don't like me. You don't like what we're doing. The, it's going to be the longest hour of your day. But there are days when we do stuff in here that you are going to love. And it's going to, you're going to look up in the hour, you know, the hour took one minute. You know, you look up and like, how oh, it's already over. But that is my goal is that when you leave here in four years, you are, you know how to move your body. Right. You can pick a goal, whatever that goal may be whether you continue on to college athletics or you want to become an active adult, but you are wise enough in a weight room setting that you can go in and you can safely and efficiently make progress towards that goal. Right. And and as Uh, we get older, a lot of times we forget that, that all those little basic movements, you know, we, we forget and then we decide to go and do something, you know, on a, a, on a weekend, whether it's, oh, yeah, I can play basketball with you guys, you know, and it's been like two years since we've done anything active. And then we realize we're like, oh, my gosh, I, like, it, it, how many times I've I've said it before. I know because I've done the same stupid things. Um, but other people that have said, like, I didn't even know I had muscles there. Like, why am <laughs> yeah. I sore in that area? I didn't even know I had muscles, there, you know, because as a kid, you're out, you're running around, you're playing, you're you're moving your body in all those different ways. But as an adult, we we get so regimented into, you know, here's our routine. We walk, we sit at the desk, we walk, we do that. We And we don't move our body that way anymore. Absolutely. I agree 100%. I, and that's, again, why I, I think I really, really try to hound in on finding a way of exercise that you enjoy. Because yeah. if you enjoy it, you're going to do it for longer. Um, yeah. I also teach a couple of lifetime fitness classes at Baylor. Mm-hmm. And I've taught various classes over the last six or seven years, but that is what I, I mean. I try to tell them if I hope you enjoyed this class, right? I hope you enjoy taking it with me and I hope you enjoy the semester. But if you don't, I would encourage you to not give up on exercise, right. to, to find something that you enjoy, whether that's, you know, running or pickleball or weight training or rock climbing, you know, whatever right. it is, but being active will better your quality of life until you're, you know, hundred years old. Right. Well, it gives you a much better chance to get to hundred years old too. 
Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I heard a statistic yesterday on the radio and it was the longest running profession, like somebody who had been in the same profession, the same company. And I think it was 82 years. Wow. Like that. This guy started working at this textile company when he was like 12 or 13, you know, yeah. as a kid. Or then, and he yeah. still works. He's 100 years old right now. And he still works there. Because wow. he's I mean, he, he gets up and he moves his body every day. Right. And that's just, I mean, just as much as I know we've all heard like, okay, as you get older, you need to do crossword puzzles or Sudoku or whatever to keep your mind going. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But like it, it, it's the same thing with your body. If you're not moving your body and it, but it doesn't always have to be, like you said, it doesn't always have to be, okay, I got to go to the gym and I got to bench press. And every time I go to the gym, I got to bench press more than I did the time before. You know, it's like, no, it's, there's so many different ways to do it. Um, just do it in a way that you enjoy it. Absolutely. A hundred percent. I would agree with that all the way. So, so with your kids, like how, how can parents out there, um, the kids that you're, that are in high school, right? Like how can parents out there? Cause in, in a lot of high schools, it's where the time where kids are like, okay, they don't have to take PE as an, as an elective anymore. And if they're not involved in sports, like how do parents come alongside and say, okay, but we still need to be active in some way. Like how can they, um, is it, is it all about like, okay, well now it's on me. I got to go and be active to show them how to do it. Or are there other, like what suggestions would you have for parents out there? Well, I would first and foremost say at every stage of life, your kids are watching you. So right. whether they are a toddler and they think you're the greatest thing ever, or they're a teenager and they think you don't know anything, your kids are watching you. So if you're telling your kids to be active and you aren't, then they see that. Right. Um, so I, I would encourage activity through every stage of life first. Um, but also, I think just letting your kid try new things. Um, when, when I was in grad school, we talked about the, the training pyramid where you uh, learn to play as you move and learn to move as you're younger. And you don't learn to compete until like step six or seven, right? Where you, yeah. you learn to play and then you learn to train and then you learn to I think maybe maybe I'll just compete and you learn to win at like stage six or seven where let your kids learn to play. Let them play everything, play soccer and baseball and basketball or whatever, and let them find what they enjoy. Um, and, you know, and now, again, I understand that that can be expensive. So I'm not telling you to sign your kid up for every activity that there ever was, but right. allowing them right. some opportunities where there is activity. So um, recreational sports are a great option. There are always leagues of some capacity. Right. Um, and then even just, you know, on a Saturday morning, instead of sitting around all day, just saying, you know, Hey, let's, let's go to the park and play on the playground, you know, right. or if, right. if they're younger or they're older or they're in high school or uh, your teenagers, Hey, let's go, I don't know, hiking at the park or let's go ride mountain bikes or whatever. There are plenty like here in Waco, there's a bike shop you can rent a bike from right. for you know for a day pass and so right. there are just options and I think it, it does require to do a little bit of research as your kids get a little bit older but um, I would encourage doing it as a family and making it a fun thing and right. reminding them that it doesn't have to be a competition exercise doesn't have to be competition and I think sometimes in America we tie those hand in hand you know if you're exercising you're competing and it doesn't right. have to be. Um, it can just be something that you enjoy, makes you feel better, and increases your health. 
Yeah. Well, one of the guys, you, you say that one of the guys I interviewed, um, uh, I guess a month ago or so, um, he writes for men's health magazine. His name's Greg Presto. And one of the things he said was, uh, is he was talking to somebody who was, he was trying to figure out why are you doing these events and stuff? Because he wasn't, you know, a, a top level athlete. Um, but he said, well, I do it because I, I know I'm not going to set a world record, but I'm going to set a record in my world. Absolutely. And I, I love like, that. That's that, really, really like, good. I was like, oh, I love that. I'm stealing that dude. Cause that's like, um, <laughs> I, because it's true. It's like, it's, it, in, in in a lot of people, I see a lot of memes as a, as a runner. I get a lot of memes about running and stuff that, you know, the, the social media just thinks I need. Um, <laughs> but a lot of them, you know, are, are from the motivational side or like, you know, the person that runs and gets first, second or third place in a 5K and the person that gets last place, they all still ran a 5K. Right. It's like you all still did the same thing. Like you're going to do an Ironman, whether you place top 10 or top hundred or last place. Like you're still like, nobody goes around and asks, you know, Oh, how did you right. do it? It's like, Oh, you're an Ironman. Oh my gosh. Right. It's like, exactly. how difficult was that? How did you train for that? It's those are the questions you get. It's nobody really, cause nobody can relate to what your overall time was. Right. Exactly. Right? Exactly. Like, I, I like that a lot. And that's really, that's an, a great way to encourage endurance sports is, mm -hmm. You did it. I mean, you completed the miles. Who cares what your time was? Right. And I think that's so. a bigger, that's a bigger outlook. And it's, and I think that's one of the things that we need to look at our overall health that way. And, and sort of like the gold standard being like, okay, well, not necessarily I live to a certain age, but as I age, I'm still able to do what I want. Like I'm physically right. able to do what I want. I'm not tied to you know, uh, medications or housebound because of this or that chronic disease that I have. Um, mm -hmm. or I'm so overweight that I can't fit in an airplane seat or uh, this or that to be able to go do the things I want to do. And sometimes, even though I, I, I talk a lot about like, you got to live in the moment and you got to understand what, you know, and, and be present, but still having that future fix of like, okay, I want to go do that someday. So I got to prepare my body for that. Absolutely. I think one thing that I have heard a lot is that uh, when people are, are novice to exercise, mm -hmm. they, they come and tell me like, I wasn't sore. So it must not have been a great workout. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I think that is something that maybe our society, I don't know, maybe our generation thinks, you know, in order for this to be successful, I shouldn't be able to walk the next day. Right. Well, then you have people right. who start to work out and they're so scared of going from zero to a hundred that they just don't even, they don't even try it. Mm -hmm. They say, I don't, I don't want to not be able to move. I already can't move, yeah. you know? And so encouraging people who are new into exercise or even new into a, an approach to exercise that this doesn't need to be, you know, a hundred miles an hour. We're going to start you very gradually. All we're asking is that today you're a little bit better than yesterday and right. tomorrow you're a little bit better than today. But this is, you know, it is very self-paced. Uh, I think a lot of times now I, you know, run my business on social media. So I think social media can be incredibly helpful, but I also think, you know, comparison is a thief of all joy. So oh, yeah. why, so looking at, well, this person works out for 90 minutes and look at what they're lifting or look at how far they're running or, 
look at all of these competitions that they're competing and I need to equal out. And just knowing that it really needs to be personal and all we're at, all that I would ask as a coach that my athletes are a little bit better than yesterday and tomorrow they're a little bit better than today. Um, I have a friend who every time he, he's a coach uh, up in Oklahoma and every time he posts, he just puts 1%. I want you to be 1% better today than you were yesterday. And I think that's so good. So, so good. Well, I, I was actually, I've got a business coach and one of the things he told me actually yesterday was like, you know, all we're trying to do is get 1% better a week because yes. if you get 1% better a week, by the end of the year, you're 52% better in like, absolutely. Like, you know, you can't even imagine how far that is right now. Um, you know, and so it's like, oh, you know, it, cause it is, it's just that little bitty step. And, and another thing I really like, cause I, I tell my clients the same thing is like, I tell when they first start, I'm like, if, if I make you sore, then I did something wrong. And they're like, what? I'm like, I'm like <laughs> you know, cause they're expecting to be like, oh, you're going to be the drill sergeant. You're going to just, blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, no, if, if, if I made you sore, I did something wrong in my planning because I, I misunderstood where your starting point was. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there are days, definitely some days are going to be harder than others. And, and knowing that going forward, and I think that's a, a big thing to, I guess, promote having a plan or a big reason right. to promote having a plan uh, would be another, another piece of advice I guess I would have for, for a beginner is that if you have a goal, a specific goal, uh, I even lecture on, I give an assignment to my, all of my athletes and all of my students at the beginning of every semester, every year, I want you to create a goal and they'll be like, okay, I want to be faster. I want to jump higher. I want to, you know, my students that be like, I want to lose five pounds. I want to gain five right. pounds. All right. Well, what is, what does faster look like? How fast are you now? Or what is higher? Like, I don't know. Can you dunk right now? Or can you, you know, barely touch the air above you? Like what, right. like what is, what is that? We need to be specific. And then also I give it a time. So um, I teach the acronym SMART, specific, mm-hmm. measurable, attainable, relevant, and and time bound. So specific to to you. Right. Uh, measurable, give it a give it a distance, a time, a number, or something. Attainable. So we want it to be a little bit realistic, right? We don't want to say, you know, if you've never run one mile, let's not run a marathon next right. month. But right. so something that's a little bit realistic, relevant, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. You want to enjoy what you're doing, right? If you don't enjoy it, then the likelihood of you meeting that goal is a lot less like is right. a lot less yeah and then time bound give it a day so i want to you know i want to be faster okay you want to be faster what does that mean i want to i want to be able to run a you know whatever 40 okay by when right when is that because do you want to be able to do that by the end of the semester or do you want to be able to do that you know, if you're a freshman now do you want to be able to do that by the time you're senior where where is the time um and most of the time when my students turn these in and i hand them back to them at the end of the semester um, about 85% reach their goals oh, because nice. we, we walk through what it looks like. Right. Yeah. So, um, and the bounce back is less. So if some of them, if, if they're trying to gain muscle, they don't, they don't lose the muscle because they, they have learned how to, how to work towards that. If they're trying right. to, you know, lose a little bit of weight, then they tend to keep it off a little bit because they are learning in the process that they're, you know, you know, and with that athletic performance, that kind of ebbs and flows. But sure. I've noticed that the the achievement of these goals or the success of these goals is about eighty five percent when they meet all five of those parameters. Well, I think that that 
A, that's huge. But B, I think a big piece of it is that, that because you're bringing them to that realization of like, okay, if I, can, I can set these goals and I can do these processes, but if I don't learn how to do these processes along the way, then, you know, I may or may not hit the goal, but it's not going to stick long-term. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's that learning piece. And when it comes to our bodies, like, you know, as, as we age, as different things happen, you know, you get pregnant and have kids, your body's changing, right? Your hormones are changing, your, all these things are changing. And so it's, we can't just always go, okay, well, this is, this is what I ate when I was 20. This is how I exercised when I was 20. And so that's going to let, that's going to last me the rest of my life. I'm just going to be fine. <laughs> right. It's like, if only I tell my, I tell the 15 year old boys that come in every day. I had a kid tell me this week, I said, what did you eat before your, uh, he was talking to me about how he said his, his personal best in the last cross country meet of the season. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, we want to talk a little bit about how we eat pre-game or in his case, pre-race. And he goes, oh, I had steak fingers and French fries for Dairy Queen. <laughs> 30 <laughs> minutes. And I was like, oh my goodness, to be 15 again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and I was oh like, are goodness. you, are you kidding? And he was like, no, I, I was hungry. And my parents told me that they would they would stop by somewhere. So we went to Dairy Queen and I got some steak fingers and I set my personal best. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's crazy. <laughs> now if I ate steak fingers now, I'm 30 now. If I ate steak fingers, I would have finished. There's no way I would yeah. have finished. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It definitely would not have been my best. Uh, now, <laughs> Absolutely. If I did something not. like that. Even if it, it, I would bet, even if I did it like three hours before, <laughs> yeah. it would still not be good. Um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's it, it, and so it's learning as we go. Like, you know, this worked for me three years ago. It doesn't work now because my body's changing, and 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 it may not be just your body, but it's like you know the environment you're in, the stress that you're achieving, mm-hmm. and, and and you know the parameters around your life change obviously as we grow, and so it's okay. it's learning those things. I think is huge as a kid. Um, as a college student and learning how to look at food. Like you said before, food is fuel, right? It's food is not entertainment. Food is not, I mean, it can be along with entertainment, but if, if we're looking at food as like, okay, that's, that's our entertainment or that's our, our go-to soothing device because we had a bad day or those types of things that's setting up really bad habits for us in the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, yeah, I think as a, as a millennial, um, I, I deal with, with women my age often coming into their nutrition sessions, um, weight under eating because they are so afraid of eating too much. Um, or they, they are so, they're just, they're terrified of food. Uh, so I don't know if it's a, it seems to be really with, with millennials that I'm seeing a lot of this is this mm-hmm. fear of food. Um, so I do a lot of uh, habit tracking, right? When are we eating? Why are we eating? And then what is, what, what are we putting in our body? And then how do you feel with that? So right. do you feel better after you eat some carbohydrates? hundred percent. Yes. right. <laughs> you have a little bit of fuel in your body. Um, but just teaching that, that food has a purpose and it is, it is good for you and it is necessary to sustain life. And I know that sounds very elementary, but it is 
this generation and mostly women, I don't see it as much in men, but mostly women, they're so terrified of eating that their habits are eating are terrible because they, they restrict, 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 and then they have a bad day or they're stressed out or they're starving. You know, something happens, they go to an event and they completely overeat because they don't have a healthy relationship with food. So I do a lot of now I am not a dietitian um, by any means. So I'm not a registered dietitian. I have a sports nutrition certification. So I do a lot of nutrition counseling. I don't, I don't do um, dietary like plans right. and stuff like that, but I do right. some nutrition counseling, just talking about approaches to eating and yeah. educating yeah. women on how to approach eating. And then I do a lot with, um, with my athletes that are younger, how to eat for best performance, right? right? What do we eat before a game? Not steak fingers and French fries. <laughs> um, but I mean, leading up to it. So, yeah. you know, they said, well, yeah. a lot of times I'll hear, especially uh, the guys that I work with. Well, you know, my dad told me when he played football in 1987 that I'm supposed to carb load. I'm going right. to eat a full right. plate of spaghetti the night before a race. Like you eat that spaghetti. Go, go <laughs> ahead and eat that spaghetti. <laughs> but here's another option, you know? Right. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I think just l- you know, even there's so much, edu- like there's so much information out there. Um, yeah. And I would, I would recommend finding a credible source. So medical journals, um, peer reviewed sources, right? I wouldn't just Google it, but just, just finding what food does for your body. If you are, if you're interested in learning about um, how to change your approach to food, just understanding that I, again, I would say like no food is, is bad food quote unquote. And I would say no food is good food. Right. Right. Um, I, uh, for example, I compared the caloric intake of a salad at Chick-fil-A and their eight count nuggets yeah. and eight count nuggets are actually less. Yeah. <laughs> and I told somebody that they're like, Oh, I always eat the salad. And I was like, why, why do yeah. you get the salad? I mean, do you, if you enjoyed the salad order the salad, but why do you, why do you order it every time? And they say, well, it's, it's healthier for you. Right. What is healthy? I mean, what, what is healthy quote unquote, you know, like, yeah. is it lower in calorie? Because it's not, Yeah. is it, it's also lower in protein. Um, and it's a lot higher in fat because the dressing they ordered was 400 right. calories. Right. Um, of creamy, whatever, you know? And yeah. so, and again, that I would say it's bad, but I would say I would recommend a little bit of education on, right what food does for you because it is so important for your quality of day-to-day life. Well, and I think you, you, you hit a really good point in that it's not just like the impression that it's healthy, right? Because it's like, okay, well, what, what, especially if you're eating out, it's like, okay, well, what are they, how are they preparing it? Cause if you're eating at home, you have a much, much more control over how you're cooking your food. And, and the statistics show if you eat at home, you're going to have, uh, lower chances of being overweight or obese. You're going to have, um, you got more community. You're going to have less stress. All these things that we think we're avoiding um, when we eat out because it's quick and easy. Um, right. But it's, you, you really got to know what, in, and that's whether it's a fast food or whether it's a, uh, you know, a, a fancy restaurant or whatever. I mean, because it, it, they're preparing the food for you. And a lot of times you don't know um, what it is and, in, in how it's affecting you, it may, and, and, and then the same thing, 
that that meal for somebody else may be exactly what they need and exactly right. what they want. And for you, it may be something that, you know, while while it's not necessarily damaging you in a in in that moment, it may be setting you up for failure down the road um, because of the way it's creating your relationship with that food. Absolutely. Or preventing optimal results. Right. Of, of whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good. Well, and I think, yeah, because optimal results is like it, it it's different for everybody. You know, it's different, obviously, for an athlete than it is for for a stay at home mom who's, you know, only goal is just to get the kids through the day and be able to sleep at night. And is not really looking right. at, you know, some sort of athletic performance, but just like, can I be healthy and, 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 you know, and be there when my kids graduate high school or get married or, you know, those types of things. Like those are the milestones I'm looking for, in, you know, in that situation. And so like, how do I get there? Well, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's having that correct um, relationship with food so that, the compounding effect 10 or 20 or 30 years down the road doesn't come back to go, Oh, I had no idea I had this chronic disease or that chronic disease or those types of things. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think developing habits as early as possible. Now, again, if you're 50 years old watching this or listening to this, uh, develop those habits today, you know, if you're 20 years old, developing those habits today, but developing healthy habits with your food not being afraid of foods Mm -hmm. not shaming yourself after eating certain foods um acknowledging that all food has a purpose or all the the makeup of food has a purpose um and then understanding or acknowledging whatever your overall goal is currently whether it's you know more energy so that you can chase your kids around right or it's building muscle or completing a a 5k, you know, or a marathon or whatever, but understanding what your goal is and then eating for that purpose. Right. So uh, if you are trying to build muscle, you're going to need more protein in your diet. If you are trying to complete a longer distance, you're obviously going to need more carbohydrates. Right. So just knowing a little bit and you don't need to, you know, become a dietitian, but just knowing that every food has a reason. Um, And then I think establishing what your current goal is in this stage of life. And it doesn't have to stay this way, but it probably won't stay this way. My goal right right now is much different than it was a year ago. Right. And so, um, but knowing whatever your goal is in this stage of life and how to best fuel your body so that you can be 1% better, you know, or 1% closer to that goal. Right. And while I, I fully like, like people like you and me that can come alongside someone, but I, I know that a lot of people maybe can't afford that. Right. And so they like, how do oh, I, right. and, and like you said, be careful what you Google, right? Like, um, yeah. and so a lot of times I, I tell people, okay, well, you can't, well, you know what, just try changing your diet a little bit, but you have to be very in tune with your body. Like you have to pay attention. And so be very conscious of what you're doing and what you're putting in, but change it a little bit in, in a way that, you know, like, okay, well, people tell me I should eat more vegetables. Okay. Well, so, so eat more vegetables, but then like pay attention to how it makes you feel. And it's, it's going to take a little time, right? It's going to take a couple of weeks. Don't let's go like, okay, I ate one meal and I feel horrible. And so obviously I can't have that. Well, your body's got to adjust to the different things. Um, so take it a couple of weeks and then, you know, okay, well, that, that, that made you feel this way. Well, then change it a different way for the next couple of weeks. Well, did that make you feel better than before or worse? 
Okay. So either keep that change or go back to the other way. Like it, it it's not, it, I mean, like I've said, it's, it's one meal's not going to kill you unless you you're choking on something and nobody's there to do the Heimlich. But like, you know, otherwise <laughs> like you can experiment with way things are, but it's being conscious of, okay, that made me feel this way. If it made me feel this way today, if I continue that for 10 years, oh my gosh, I'm going to feel horrible in 10 years. So maybe I shouldn't eat that way. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if you're, if you, whatever your purpose is, like you said, whatever your purpose is, if you're thinking, okay, well, I need to be able to move this way or think this way or feel this good, then reading your body as you go through that, I think tells you a lot about the food that you're eating. Absolutely. I also think similar to exercise, finding foods that you enjoy. So right. if you don't like Brussels sprouts, don't eat them. Don't eat them. <laughs> <laughs> they're, I mean, they're healthy. Like there are so many options out, yeah. out there today yeah. that I would, I would encourage people to, you know, maybe buy one new vegetable at the grocery store every week for the next two months. Right. Try it. And, you know, maybe you've never had asparagus before because you don't think you'll like it. And then you wind up enjoying it, you know, or um, weird things like beets, you know, or I mean, even Brussels sprouts or whatever. But um, I would encourage I try to incorporate one new ingredient each week or every couple of weeks in our house. And sometimes it's a repeat buy and sometimes I never buy it again. Right. But, you know, finding what what works best for you as far as the way you feel and if you like it or not right you know i think people think that being again i always air quote this word when i say about healthy is a chore yeah but really you can you can choose your heart you know you can choose to exercise or you can choose to deal with the repercussions of not exercising you can choose to include vegetables in your diet or you can choose to deal with the repercussions of not having a balanced diet. Right. And so I, I think you can, you can choose your heart, but I don't think being health conscious needs to necessarily be a chore. I think it just is being aware of how you treat your body. Yeah. Would you treat somebody else the way that you're treating yourself? Right. No, that's a very good point. Um, and, and I think when we have kids, we start to realize that, right. You start to realize mm-hmm. like, Oh, you know, I, I, their, their growth patterns are responsible. I'm responsible for what happens to them. And so, you know, do they need more vegetables? Well, yeah, I mean, I think it, it they do, but, but like you said, like, you know, if you don't like this specific, whether it's a vegetable or a meat source protein or whatever it is, like, if you don't like that, like there's, there's other things that have those ingredients, right? There's, right. I, I, I don't know of one thing that out there that it's like, that's the only place you can get this mineral or vitamin or nutrient like there's others right now now there may be seven right that have a a huge amount of you know calcium or vitamin a or whatever and if you don't like all seven of those okay well like we're gonna have to find other ways to get (laughs) optimal sources of that but chances are you're gonna like one of those seven or three of those seven um and so chances are you're gonna have options but just to yeah to limit yourself to because maybe somebody said like oh you need to have this in your diet because it's great like blueberries are a great source of uh, totally different nutrients right 
But if you don't like blueberries, you can get those nutrients elsewhere. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I want to give you a chance to, uh, to promote, like, how can people get in touch with you if they've got questions or you've, you know, you sparked something or somebody's like, I really connect with her. I want to learn more about what she knows. Like, how can they get a hold of you and get in touch with you and learn more from you? Yeah. Amazing. Thank you. Um, so I am on Facebook, Madison Elkins. Madison is E-L-K-I-N-S. Um, so I'm on Facebook. I am on Facebook daily. I run most of my business from there. Uh, my email is just madison.elkins01 at gmail. Um, I am currently running, uh, we call it Melkins Bit. Uh, working on getting a website up right now um, that should be up in the next couple of weeks. Cool. But I do... In-person training, we converted our garage into a gym. So I do in-person training at my house. Nice. So if you're local to the Waco area, and then I do online coaching and nutrition counseling as well. Um, and just looking at um, those different options. So uh, it has been fun. I did kind of a, a soft launch of it last year. So I, yeah. I used to, to coach full time. And then whenever I had the twins, I decided that it just wasn't, uh, the time for that. And so right. I went part-time. I, I, I do coach at the private school here, but uh, I do not teach. I just, I coach in the afternoons there. So right. it gives me a little bit of opportunity to kind of work from home. And, and I really enjoy getting to, to work let my kids see me work. You know, that's, that's been really fun is right. the other day I had a girl working out in the garage and my daughter, again, who's 18 months walked up right next to her and started squatting with her. And I, <laughs> <laughs> It was, I mean, it was the best thing. And I was like, they, they notice, like they see yeah. things. And so that's been, that's been really, really sweet to, to get to kind of work and have them watch me, watch me do what I love. Um, right. But yeah, so Facebook, I'm on Facebook, um, email. I check both of those daily. Awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for, I'll, thanks I'll put those that. links in the show notes and, um, and if you get the website up before the show launches, I'll put that in there. If not, I'll come back and, make sure that everybody knows how to get a hold of you. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me of on course. today. Of course. It's been great. Thank you. Thanks for checking out the All in Health and Wellness Confidence Through Health podcast. Our goal is to use health as a conduit to help you reach your goals in life.